This is David from iFloat Radio here with you today. I'm here with Tracy Hayhurst from Chubby Bunny Farm up in northern Connecticut, right? What's the name of the town? Falls Village. Falls Village. That's a, that's a nice name. Yeah, Tracy comes all the way down here down to float and... It's really exciting to have her here on the show. We're going to be talking about her experiences floating and also about her life as an organic farmer up in northern Connecticut. And before that, I just want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is FlotationLocations.com. It is the world's premier isolation tank directory and flotation resource center. Their website provides the most reliable and up-to-date global locator for float tank locations and manufacturers. They have social media pages, newsletters, blogs, and much more so you can remain updated in this growing industry, which it is growing. And if you're interested in floating, you can find a location near you using the fastest, most comprehensive search engine available. So definitely check out flotationlocations.com. And uh, we're going to get started. So, Tracy, thank you so much for coming down and, of course, floating. Yes, but thank also you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> for, for agreeing to be on the podcast. I remember when you came uh, sometime last year, I think for the first time, and you told me what you did. I thought that was so great because there aren't a whole lot of farmers in this area, and uh, we actually were part of the CSA at the time and so to have a a farmer come down and and float I thought was was super cool but I'm curious just to start off how did you find out about floating how did you find out about us um well my husband was doing a lot of listening to Joe Rogan oh that's right I remember (laughs) many people do um and we were also talking about um experiences of other realms or other consciousness uh, states and not necessarily, you know, using a substance to do that, as many people do. And that's um, when we heard about floating, we thought, oh, we got to try that out because it seems um, pretty low maintenance where maybe a substance is more complicated. Absolutely, it's it's pretty low maintenance. Well, it's it's low maintenance for the people coming right. in. So for me, for it's you. pretty high maintenance. So right. Doing all the the things is pretty high maintenance. Right. But you're right. It is. It's a it's a very in many ways elegant approach to helping people explore what I call the other than conscious states of mind. So that's the parts of our mind that that we're generally not aware of. Right. Tell me a little bit about your experiences. I think I remember this summer maybe in an email from you, something about how it had an impact on you. And uh, can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, f- first I should say that last summer was the first time I floated, and it was incredibly challenging in our farming season. It was the most challenging season we'd had since we started farming. And, um how long have you so been like, farming? We've been farming in our own business um, 13 years. So it was it was a doozy. And um, when I came into Float, I just really 
let go of all of that stress. And, um, it's the kind of thing where you, you know, you're stressed out, but you don't really know the impact it's having on you. Um, you know, psychologically, health wise and all that. And I think when, after I, I mean, when, when I floated, I definitely felt relaxed and I just totally let go and, um, didn't, you know, that was my, my purpose was to leave it all, you know, at the door. And I did that. And, but afterwards, um, things just really opened up in, I mean, the season did thankfully get better farming, but in my you know, personal relationships and in my own access to my, to my own self, where I wanted to be really opened up in many ways after that. And I think that it had a huge unlocking, you know, of, um, whatever, you know, opening the space up for me to, to receive whatever was coming in. Can you give just a, maybe a, an example of where you saw that in your life? Just like something that shifted or a new way of approaching things. I'm curious if you can remember one in particular. Um, well, I have kind of a crazy story. Oh, great. We it's, love crazy stories. It's, 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 kind of, it's kind of out there, but I think the audience is... Um, the floating audience might be able to handle it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and especially if um, we're not particularly a biodynamic farm, but um, people who are familiar... What's a bio, bio, tell us what a biodynamic farm is. Biodynamic farming um, seeks a whole, a holistic and also homeopathic, in many ways, approach to rebalancing... Um, the elements, the soil, you know, what's in the soil and what's, um, and, and the farm is a whole ecosystem. It's a very complicated, um, philosophy. It sounds complicated because I've worked with a homeopath and she, she sat with me for about three hours talking to me about all sorts of things. So is that, do you guys have to sit with the plants well, and like talk to them? And well, stuff this is where I'm going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, op- I opened something up. Yeah. Well, actually, but so we're not, you know, we don't, practice, we have a little bit of background in biodynamics, but we don't practice that at the farm. And this story shouldn't really lend anybody to think of that this is what biodynamics is. But one aspect um, is being connected to elemental beings, which I don't think you have to be quote-unquote biodynamic to anybody who is intuitive with nature Mm -hmm. can tap into you know, the elemental beings, meaning the plants, the living energy at the, in the, in certain place. Um, but this is a new, this is not something we do all the time. Some people douse, it's kind of like dowsing. You, you go out and you ask what's there mm-hmm. and you first certain response. So, this was a very stressful season for us, and um, and I felt like we were hitting ourselves over the head with the question, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Like, 
why is it it's so the weather was crazy and the field the land was um just saturated with water and there wasn't much we could do so I was sitting by myself one sunny day <laughs> weeding carrots and it's very you know you sit there and you pick out each little weed by hand it's very meditative you could say <laughs> I, I've done it and it's very meditative that's a nice yeah. way of putting it yeah <laughs> um but so I was by myself and um I just said to whatever was out there, I said to the, you know, to the carrots or whatever, like, what do you want from us? And I meant, what do you want from us farmers? You know, what does the land want? Is there something we're missing? And my res- response, the response that I got, and it wasn't like I was um, thinking, you know, sometimes you imagine a conversation and say, what would you say? Well, I would say this. It wasn't like that at all. It was just put it out there. And then I really felt like I, something came to me and it was that we need to accept love. I mean, that's crazy. That's <laughs> your, your listeners are going to think I'm off my rocker. I don't. I don't but, think so. <laughs> but um, but it was very, you know, powerful, and I felt like, and this was like probably a week after flipping. I think there's totally direct correlation, and 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 I think if in relation to why I think that's a farming response or from the land is because we're so very critical of, um, you know, we have a CSA. We, we, people contract with us to grow their food and to feed them. Explain what a CSA is. Well, CSA, like right. A CSA is community supported agriculture. And so people sign up with us for the season. They pay like a membership fee. And then every week during the harvest season, they are delivered a box of fresh produce, whatever's at the farm. And, um, and so we have an obligation to fill those boxes with a decent amount of, and a decent variety and very high quality produce. And in the season like we had last year, it was a real challenge. I mean, we, we did it, we pulled it off, but every, every week it was, what's going to be, you know, is it out there? And, um, and I think that we kind of internalized um, it, even an, an imaginary criticism because we were ourselves judging you know, our work. This is, we're doing our best and this is what we have. And it was good. I mean, it wasn't, but it wasn't because it was hard and because it wasn't exactly how we would have liked it. You know, we had this, um, worry and, uh, critique of, of, of what for ourselves, for our standards, what was going in the box. And, um, and I think that, accepting people are still going to support what we do you know, and people and 
that's really what it's about. It's about um, a relationship and understanding and understanding nature as much as we can. Um, so I thought that was, and of course, in in regular life, that's a huge concept to even go towards. You know, how do we accept love? Absolutely, that's huge. Right? That's, that's a big thing, I think, yeah. uh, for everybody. And just listening to you talk, it it reminds me of a little bit the movie Avatar because I just watched it for the second time recently because it came up in a conversation, and and I like the movie a lot in the sense that the indigenous people have this strong intuitive relationship with the, the animals and the plants Mm -hmm. and the, the shaman or the spirit keeper of the, the tribe or the group said to the military guy when he arrives in their place that it's really hard to, to fill a full cup and her point was that the people who had come there before the, what they call the sky people or the, the uh, technological people, like, like what we would be today, they tend to think they know everything. Mm-hmm. And if a person's really full and they think they're really full and they're just full of themselves and they can't really take in a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And to me, what floating helps people to do is it helps them unfill their cup Mm. and so that they can be open to receiving Mm. and also giving in a way. And I think that when that happens, when a person floats, they become more intuitive. And for some people, it might be being intuitive in a boardroom on the 80th floor of a skyscraper in Manhattan, (laughs) or it could be being intuitive like in your case on the farm mm-hmm. and, and really having that deeper sense of one's relationship with other people and one's relationship with things like plants. And so I think that it, it does seem to make sense that when you were able to let go when floating, mm-hmm. that really had an impact on you being able to just let go right. when back home. Right. And I think the other thing about, the answer that I got back was we really couldn't do anything, you know, biologically or physically at the farm to change the growing conditions, you know? So I was kind of, I kind of meant the question in that way. Like what should we be doing or how should we be treating the land? But, you know, I think that's a good lesson when you have to know that, you know, you don't have control and that's not, the right question to ask necessarily all the time. You don't know what the right question is. So like to bring it back to floating, when you don't, you might go in thinking like we were talking about intentions and then you might come out with something totally different. Yeah. That's often the case. (laughs) I find I have to get blindsided, but it's not necessarily something I can put my finger on. It's, it's just like, Sometimes, well, actually, pretty much every time <laughs> I float, it's just different, and it surprises me. Well, I surprise myself because it's not like the tank is doing right. it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's myself. But, yeah, absolutely, that's the case. And I'm also curious in terms of 
how that message that you got, how did that affect you in relationship to other people? That's a biggie I can see. Biggie. Um, I think I opened myself to so many different things. Um, A whole whole path of um, accepting love, like knowing that I was worthy of love, that people, you know, like, of course people should love me. You know, like, I think so many times we think, oh, we have to be more loving. Yet we really long for it to come back to us, but we can't always accept it because we don't think we're worthy enough. Yeah, I, I So, you know, agree. once you start going down that path and you let go of that, you see kind of amazing things. I recently, well, actually, probably in the past six to eight months, have had some bumps in the road, and it has required that I reach out for help mm-hmm. from lots of different people. And it's been really amazing because I think that all these bumps in the road, I, I don't necessarily look at life as destiny, but I do think that I had a lot to learn in terms of just letting go mm-hmm. and letting people help me and receiving love because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend the other night about that and she said, you help lots of people and you enjoy helping people. So obviously it's important for you to recognize that people enjoy helping you. <laughs> and then another friend kind of said it a little bit more harshly. He's like, when you're, when you're not, when you're not letting people help you, you're basically telling them to like F off essentially. And I said, yeah, that's true. He said, so when you actually let people help you and you reach out, it, it, it requires humility, but it's also saying, to them that I love you and to really just open up and allowing them to, to, to do actions that are loving towards us. And I agree that, that, that people really do want to support one another and what you're doing is really powerful and people do want to support that people believe in what you're doing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's an it's a, it's, um, it's good to see it in action, you know, um, and last year was a good example because our farm members were very supportive, you know, we had supported, we had to actually take a week off because we had, were so behind in our field work because of the weather and, and, you know, 99.5% of our members were very supportive and to know that they are really there. That's, I mean, that was CSA put to the test, basically. And they really came through. Yes. And, and, and we also came through. You know, it was a very good. When the fall came on really well, you know, we made sure that, you know, people got, got all that we had. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reading Napoleon Hill's The Law of Success, and he talks about how when two people interact with each other, there is almost a third mind that forms. So there's two minds and then, but in between them is almost like a third mind. I tend to refer to that as as more of an agreement that when two people interact. So then when, when a lot of people interact, 
there is a there's there's this this general agreement that forms among all the people and it almost has a life of its own and what happens is people are almost serving this agreement this 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 invisible flow of energy that they have all nurtured together and it's really powerful because it's each person does play a role in, in fueling it and keeping it going and and when we do things like slow down in in floating it helps us helps us get out of our the way of the places where we're getting in the way of the agreement or that flow and so it's almost like that flow is like trying to flow through us as individuals and collectively but when we slow down it's like we're able to like change this and change that and all of a sudden it's like okay things get things get easier it's a good one to chew on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good one right <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think that's wonderful that you had that experience, and it's a really great example of what I call the power of just slowing down, like the way that that floating offers, and it's powerful in the sense that when you're slowing down, that affects the land because you're a caretaker of the land more so than than a lot of people, and then that affects all the people who are being. Um, for receiving the food mm-hmm. from that. So sure. that's really great. And you're going to be down here next month. Yes. Where iFloat does this holistic happy hour and we'll have different wellness practitioners and Chubby Bunny Farm will be here yes. signing people up for the CSA, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is really, I'm really excited about that for sure. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to share with people about your experiences floating or any insights or anything like that or about, about being, being in a CSA or because these folks are listening and they're a captive audience, so to speak. (laughs) Um, well, I think, you know, there's the obvious connection between something like floating and CSA is really looking at your life in a holistic manner, you know, um, floating for your mind and body and also, you know, participating in something like CSA, you know, you're going to have like best quality, healthy food basically delivered to you and, and supporting a community of, um, being part of a community that supports, you know, we're just a small family farm. We are not chubby bunny farms. We are chubby bunny farm, Dan and Tracy Hayers and our two kids and our four apprentices, whatever. And, and that's, that's really where, you know, what I would say in the, in the, the Japanese expression, uh, about CSA is food the farmer's face on it. I mean, and that's really it. Like, if you are interested in where your food is coming from and you want to get it directly from the farmer, it's you know, the way to go. Or, you know, of course, the farmer's method too. But um, having that connection is um, part of a really holistic lifestyle. It also in 
entails a commitment. Yes. So there's a certain amount of money that is put out up front. Right. And so the people are committing through their money and which is to me just a form of energy. Right. And then you're committing to provide it. And then there's a flow that takes place. And so that's pretty, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the energy um, metaphor. That's exactly, exactly what it is. Well, great. Well, hopefully there'll be some new chubby bunny <laughs> farm goers at, at the next holistic half the hour. We'll get, we'll get yeah. some people eating to become chubby bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for for being part of the iFlow community and for sharing your stories with us. I think that's, that's really wonderful. And I know that this next year is going to be even more successful because you'll be even more connected yes. and, and embracing of, of love. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Tracy, for, for being here. And for those of you listening, stay tuned for the next iFloat Radio podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.